Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Did you catch Season 3 of This is Digital? Season 3 of This is Digital goes behind the scenes to reveal how digital trends show up in everyday decisions and actions, including digital lessons from the EV revolution and the chief digital officer's role in disruption and culture, featuring guests like Ekta Chopra of Elf Beauty and Tyson Jomini of J.D. Power. Do you have a digital mindset? Find out by checking out the latest and greatest on Season 3 of This is Digital and learn more at westmonroe.com. Welcome to Creature Feature, production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Mini Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and today on the show we're securing, protecting, and containing some mysterious cryptids that are very much real. If you're a fan of weird internet culture, you've probably heard of the SCP Foundation, a mysterious compendium of top-secret, totally real, trans-dimensional paranormal phenomena. It's said that the SCP Foundation is an example of collaborative writing fiction, and sure, it's fictional. That's totally not something a super top secret organization would say. So I'm going to go through some real-life documented animals who could easily be SCP entries. From the Grim Reaper who floats in the Midnight Zone to a pile of undead spiders, these creatures have all been found to data expunged. Discover this and more as we answer the age-old question, Error, Data Redacted. Joining me today are hosts of the 1-900 Hot Dog Podcast, Dog Zone 9000, Robert Brockway, <laughs> and Sean Baby. Perfect Hi. pronunciation. Perfect. Um, nobody ever does the extra G's and Z's. Thank you. Yeah, there's two <laughs> G's, two Z's. I'm Sean Baby. I studied uh, volleyball and Bud Light. Nice. Uh, I'm Robert Brockway, and thank you for uh, containing and hopefully protecting me. Yeah, and securing. Don't forget securing. Well, that's impossible. (laughs) So the inspiration for this episode actually came from a young listener named Max, who asked me to do an episode about animals that could be the subject of the SCP Foundation. Uh, It is this quote-unquote fictional website where they have wikipedia entries that are meant to look like they come from this shadowy governmental organization where they describe the things that they secure contain protect trans-dimensional creepy paintings animals that are half an animal creepy things that follow you around and a candy bowl i think that's haunted anyways (laughs) 
so I Wait, when you say young, how are we talking like thirty five young or like thirty five years young? No, I think uh, what did they say? I think around eight years old. Okay, and they're yeah they're loose on the internet. It's just free to roam, free to roam SCP. Be careful out there. It's a wild and wacky internet. But yeah, the SCP Foundation, It, I think it kind of, uh, there's a bunch of media to like video games and creative videos. I think like it's in the same genre as like the Slenderman stuff where it's like mm-hmm. this spooky internet stuff that is made to seem like found footage or something that someone caught mm-hmm. in real life. My uh, my daughter loves this kind of stuff. As soon as, if there's some sort of a meta narrative going on of like a cartoon getting corrupted by darkness, that's like that's her thing. Yeah, so like go down the rabbit hole of user generated content for that stuff all day. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, I I do like haunted SpongeBob, where it's like, oh, it's an episode of SpongeBob, but it's haunted. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I'm so out of touch with the kids these days that 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 just confounds and baffles me. Haunted, <laughs> like haunted SpongeBob, I don't even have a, a, a picture of what that might be. I do a lot of them. Actually, it helps that SpongeBob has those like watercolor paintings that they do sometimes, where it's like super yeah. realistic close up of Squidward's face, and you can see all the pores. It's already I think verging on nightmare fuel yeah. that show. And speaking of nightmare fuel under the sea, the first entry in our SCP Secure Creature podcast. Ah, yeah, there we ah, go. I see what you did there. Yeah. Uh, is found in the midnight zone, quite literally the midnight zone in the ocean. What do you guys think of when you think of the midnight zone? Uh. Probably reading ocean books with my daughter. It comes up a lot. It's one of her favorites. Ah, daughter, see. I, I, she loves these uh, these types of creatures, I guess. This is all my point of reference. This is fantastic. I, I do not have a creepy daughter, so uh, <laughs> I, I, I wish I did. But uh, it just makes You're me think of You're haunted by several. <laughs> I, I could have a creepy. I could have several creepy daughters if I wanted to. Father, be really good at that. Father. Uh, I know of. <laughs> maybe I got. Maybe I got a new life goal. It's just to to start a little a little weird, creepy family. Teach us, Father, uh, about the Stygian depths. I think of like a knockoff Twilight Zone, like a Twilight <laughs> Zone that's on like yeah. the Sci-Fi Channel in sure. two thousand three and ran for most of a season. Yeah. yeah. Welcome who'd, who'd to the Midnight by? Zone. Kevin Bacon, you think? Carmen, Carmen Electra. Okay. In 2003, Kevin Smith. Ah, yeah, I feel oh, that. That would be really good. What if, yeah. what if it was if, the real spooky world? Spooky hockey jersey. What <laughs> the best goddamn. But instead of being made out of people, we was made out of pizza, huh? That's what spooky. A, what a Kevin Smith impression. My God. That's yeah. pretty good. What about it was Tom like McFarlane? having on the podcast. <laughs> what would you do if you were really deep in the ocean and all the fish were dark? But with a lit up light bulb on their heads. Hi, I'm Todd McFarlane, and you invented <laughs> the Midnight Zone. Where, 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 cue where, cue where, spu- where, where. spooky music. Yeah. Seven, yeah. seven kids, entire episodes. Here's what kids love Todd McFarlane's spawn references. <laughs> yeah. Now that show was a big hit. Love haunted love haunted Spawn. The kids love Haunted Spawn. <laughs> well, the, Biggest meme on the internet. 
The Midnight Zone is a very real place in the ocean found around 1,000 to 4,000 meters or 3,300 to 13,000 feet under the sea. And that's too in, many feet. That's a lot of feet. It's too uh, many. It's so many feet. It is also known as the Bathypleagic Zone. It is an area of the ocean name. so <laughs> deep that no sunlight can penetrate it. No photosynthesis or sun tanning can occur here. It is pitch black. Well. And wet. And spooky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's real. It's Somehow it's wetter than the normal ocean down there. Yeah. Like it's, it's weird how that happens. It's a James wetness. Cameron uh, keeps an office down there. It's just a, to get away. It's a serious wetness down there. And in these depths, there lurks something called the Stygiomedusa gigantea, whose name means giant medusa with a darkness like the river of death. So it, <laughs> <laughs> the most goth animal. Yes. So goth that when he introduces himself, you're just like, okay, that that looped back around from scary to like, I'm going to bully you a little bit now. Yeah. The other scientists are like, maybe you should have been a magician. I don't, we went a little crazy, buddy. I do like the idea of. Here's what I named the jellyfish. I named it. The dark Medusa monster with super spooky tentacles. Yeah, I named mine Todd after myself and Todd McFarlane. I've You're just going off the, the deep end. River sticks. Well, I'm going <laughs> to throw you in the river sticks, a.k.a. the turlet. You're getting a swirly. So, uh, <laughs> the most bullied jellyfish scientist. Yeah. So this is also known as the phantom jellyfish. There's no name this jellyfish has that doesn't sound super dramatic and over the top. But if you see it. It does look super dramatic and over the top. Yeah. This, uh, let me try to describe this. This yeah. looks like um, like a little like a little hat or maybe kind of a UFO with uh, dryer lint, t- tentacles of dryer lint. I like that the try-hard goth jellyfish is wearing a little fedora. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's very appropriate. Malady. And a trench coat. It's a fedora <laughs> with a trench coat coming out of it. This is very like mid-2000s try-hard high school sad boy kind yeah, of Yeah, this is someone on his first, his first day of fedora. It's Seeing if he can pull it off. Him. Yeah, it's, like and everyone says no. It's kind of like the it's like the vampire cosplayers of the mid 2000s. Oh, uh, excuse me, cosplayers? It's a it's a way of life. Thank <laughs> you. I I, like, I was friends with some of those kids. <laughs> they, well, they're phantom jellyfish now. So the giant phantom jellyfish is very shy, much like a mid-2000s vampire lifestyle player. They have only been sighted around 100 times, which sounds like a lot. But for an animal, you know, I guess that's not a lot. Yeah, it's not a lot for a whole species. I mean, right. if it was like one, if it was like one, like like Benson, the, <laughs> the, the haunted jellyfish, and you've seen him 100 times. You're and like, real fuck tired here, about seeing you, Benson. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Call me River Sticks Medusa Monster. (laughs) So it is thought to be found all over the world in the depths of the ocean's midnight zone. Uh, It can grow to be over 30 feet or 10 meters in length. So try giving that thing a swirly. 
uh, and it weighs over 90 pounds or 40 Whoa. kilograms, making it one of the largest invertebrate predators in the ocean. This thing is a full nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Again, it's got like that little like gelatinous fedora cap. Kind of looks like a bowler mm-hmm. hat made out of a yeah. gossamer veil. And then all its tentacles are these like sort of they look like shredded grim reaper robe just kind of floating around there. And because they live in the midnight zone, that grim reaper like appearance renders them invisible. Uh, In these photos we see, like, they kind of, you know, there's almost like this little bit of like an orange glow inside of their, uh, the the bell, that fedora hat, that bowler cap is called the bell of the jellyfish. And that glow is not visible normally. That that glow happens because there's light being shined on this thing. But Um. typically... It is completely invisible to any of the poor inhabitants of the Midnight Zone who are small enough to be eaten by this thing. They will silently drift in this dark, watery abyss and grab small fish or zooplankton with their veil-like tentacles. And unlike a lot of other jellyfish, they do not have stinging tentacles, so they don't really stun their prey. They just ensnarl them, tangle them up in their tentacles smother them and then eat them it's hardcore benson yeah Yeah. take it easy benson there's like probably no good way to die in the midnight zone like if you're being choked to death by a by a bowler hat you're like yeah all right it's one of the better ways something like that yeah yeah that's that's what to be expected of the midnight zone hi i'm kevin smith (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely not the worst way to die uh that we'll discuss on this podcast today oh good yeah (laughs) That's the direction we're going. All right. (laughs) I hope you love it, Max. (laughs) To my eight-year-old listener, here's a terrifying way to die in the ocean. They requested it. (laughs) He loves it. (laughs) So though they are a silent phantom death stalker of the depths, their prey tends to be very small. Uh, These very small fish, sometimes zooplankton, which means that a larger, more daring fish has an opportunity for what? For friendship. So (laughs) the (laughs) they really only like to kill you if you scream. That's the that's the phantom jellyfish. way. (laughs) So the Thalassobathia pleagica, a.k.a. pleagic brochula, which usually when I have like two names for something, one name is that least recognizable or less goofy. Uh, this one is just like, this one is either Thalassobathia pleagica or pleagic brothula, brochilla, whichever you, whichever you want. Brochilla. See, brochilla. I thought that was a joke name. I thought you're like, he's brochilla. He is like, brochilla. Because he chills though. with his bros. He yeah. is actually brochilla, which is funny. Uh, he is a relatively <laughs> ugly fish. Uh, it's this dark purpley brown. It kind of looks like a an elongated plum grew fish parts. It's like yeah. shaped sort it's of like, like a, a liver someone yeah. forgot about. Yeah, it's with eyeballs and a fin. It's shaped like it. a stubby eel. Uh, it grows around nine inches or a little over 22 centimeters long. I'm just going to say it for the record. God should be ashamed of himself. Mm. <laughs> this is where he never expected us to go to the midnight zone. This is where he hides all the, the screw yeah. ups. Yeah, like, you shouldn't go down there. That's the first draft folder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, well, we'll put these here in the ocean, and it's like, yeah. don't it you love us? Zone. 
Don't you love us, God? Uh, yeah. Just yeah. go down there, but you can't see us down here. All the better to treasure you with my heart's eyes. Oh, Benson, you got a lot of character. <laughs> so it, it is. It looks like the sidewalk after someone like lost an elbow to it. Like it just looks like a human elbow smeared across. The floor. Yeah. With with a face, with a face. Yeah, like or you pulled sort of like a giraffe tongue out and stuck right. a fish face on it. It's it's yeah, like it's a, a swimming infection for sure. I've got it. I've got it. This is a golden eye face unwrapped from the polygons. Yeah, ooh, oh god, that makes me throw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so it is thought that the pleagic brochula is indeed a brochula to the phantom jellyfish. It lives in the jellyfish's bell, so that little bowler cap that makes it look like a huge nerd. Uh, this little guy, this fish, swims in there and removes parasites Meanwhile, mm. the fish gets a free meal and is provided shelter inside of the jellyfish's bell. So right. they are. So he, he may twins. be ugly, but at least he eats bacteria out of a douchebag's hat. <laughs> I live. I live in the Grim Reaper's hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this jellyfish is really trying to get a vibe going. Like I stalk the night in the midnight zone. And me too. Okay, Jerry, I'm going to need you to get back in my hat. Hello. You're about to meet death. <laughs> You're going to eat that weird moon caterpillar? <laughs> yeah, he kind of, he, he does, his vibes are definitely different from the jellyfish. The jellyfish is more goth, and this one is a little bit more like Cronenberg's mistake. Mm-hmm. I would watch this children's show, though. Yeah. Like, you put those two together, that's yeah. an odd couple I could get behind. It's Benson and Jerry living in the midnight zone, eating little <laughs> fish, going around, looking like God's mistakes. Perfect theme song for it, too. <laughs> we were, we're already most of the way there. Let's pitch it. Come get me, Netflix. I'm here to write your new children's show. I'm already writing the pitch deck. Yeah. Doing some illustrations. <laughs> The just goth make, and the scab. Just make sure all of the characters look like donated organs that have grown bad faces. Already done. They all look like uh, inserts from SpongeBob. <laughs> Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&Ms, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. So, spiders. How do you guys feel about spideys? Strongly against. Mm. 
uh, mildly against. Oh, there we go. We're making some I, I let them. I let them live if they're in a corner or something. Like, yeah. You just do your thing. Wow, real, real sort of benevolent god you are to the spiders. <laughs> I feel like I could be the kind of guy that would put a spider outside, but that's just not an option in my house. If I hear like a random scream, mm. I, don't, I don't panic anymore. I'm just like, oh, she found a spider. <laughs> yeah, I, I am the type of person to gently pick up a little spider. Mm-hmm. I actually hold it just by one of its little little arms and go like, come with me, little Spidey. We're going outside. And then it just walks Aww. next to me. And I look <laughs> hand down in hand. and just like, here you go. Go outside. Wait, forgetting you. how tiny you are. And I give it a little kiss, packed Aww. in a tiny brown paper bag full of lunch. It's just fly guts. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there is a Twitter thread by someone named Adam Roy um, documenting the subreddit aptly named Spiders, just Spiders, the subreddit, <laughs> uh, which is a great subreddit. I love it. Um, and uh, Adam Roy found this great story on it. Uh, someone from Australia posted on the Spiders subreddit for help because they kept finding piles of dead spiders under the kitchen table. And so you're saying... They're from Australia. So they're, t- they're posting in spiders about piles of dead spiders, and you're saying they're from Australia. I wouldn't have guessed that in a million years. <laughs> and they need help. This has to be dire. I mean, their whole life is spent just fending off and possibly accidentally eating spiders. So if they're like, this is messed up, you guys. I need somebody to come help me. And then they say, by the way, I'm from Australia. You're like, good God, no. Yeah, I think in Australia, they don't always accidentally eat spiders. Uh, so, Yeah, I was trying to be generous. <laughs> I wasn't trying to offend your Australian listeners. But yeah, you're a bunch of spider-eating freaks. We uh, know that. Yeah, I mean, I think spiders are nutritious and delicious. If I wasn't such good friends with them, I'd, I'd, I'd eat a spider. Why not? Okay. <laughs> the true horror behind this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Look, what I'm saying is a chicken's only got two legs. A spider's got eight of them. More, 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 uh, makes a whole family of eight happily. Anyways. We graduated from taking them out hand hand in hand to, yeah, I'm going to eat them. I don't eat eat spiders. I knit them tiny sweaters. So. Okay to eat spiders. Have you ever ever seen a human mouth filled with spiders? Hi, Kevin Smith, and you're in the midnight zone. What if our teeth was spiders? Makes you think, doesn't it? That's, that's one, right? That's one. Let's do that one, guys. Yeah. Oh, this is still the intro? Uh, we only got seven episodes. Just put it in. Martha was a regular lady, but then she wished her teeth was spiders. Turns out she didn't like it. (laughs) It was a bad idea, Martha. The Midnight Zone. Pile of dead spiders, Australia. But what was weird about it was that these were all sorts of different species of spiders. If it's like a pile of the same type of spider, you're like, ah, got a pile of spiders. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it was a pile of assorted spiders, like a like a mixed assortment of spiders. Yeah, like they got together and chose to die together. It's very <laughs> strange. You're like, what led to that decision, spiders? Spider cult. Like if you took a mm-hmm. scoop of spider potpourri. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good way to describe this. It's a good way to liven up a bathroom. Uh, But upon closer investigation, it turns out the spider's legs were splayed open. You know how, like, when you see a dead spider, as I do all the time, and I cry about Mm -hmm. it, 
The legs are curled inwards. It's the classic right. it's the classic dead spider look. Well, the reason that dead spiders have curled legs is that their legs are actually powered by hydraulic fluid, not by muscles. So they pump this like spider fluid through their legs and the pumping of this fluid is actually what makes their legs move around. This is going to sound crazy, Kate, but I think you had us on the show when we talked about necrotic, like, hydraulic spider leg pumping. That's very possible I did. Yeah, we talk about spider juice a lot. Yeah. yeah this podcast should just be called the Spider Juice Podcast. SJP. With the hot dog boys. <laughs> spider juice with Katie and the dogs. <laughs> Sponsored by Spider Juice. It's real. 100% spiders. <laughs> now, chunky version. Chew through anything, Martha. <laughs> so when spiders die, as you may remember from previous shows where I have explained this, the fluid uh, pump system stops working and their legs relax, which actually means that they curl up because curled up is mm. kind of like the default position when this fluid is not being pumped through their legs. It's kind of like it's kind of like a party horn. When air is running through it, it's extended. But when the airflow stops, it curls up. But just replace party horn with spider legs and air with spider juice. And there you go. You got a spider leg. <laughs> you got a party spider horn. That's you how you make a, one. <laughs> you got a party spider. I'm just imagining someone like blowing into a spider and all the legs like going. Bah! Here's what I'm picturing. You're lost in a desert island. And you're there with like all the plane crash survivors. And one of them's a child. They're like, it's my birthday, but I don't have any party horns. And you like pull up a big spider that you found on the island. You're like, that's all right. I know how to do this from, from Katie's podcast. You Happy tear off a leg. <laughs> Happy it makes a merry Max. honk. Here's the podcast <laughs> I made just for you, eight years old Max. So uh, what... Uh, the significance of the fact that these spiders were found with their legs splayed open rather than curled up meant that the spiders weren't Sucked. dead. They're just paralyzed. What? So what do you boys think a pile of paralyzed spiders were doing under a kitchen table? And go. Whew. I'm going to say, uh, I know Max is listening, but I'm going to say hardcore drugs. <laughs> I was going to say snuggling. Let's go in different directions. <laughs> Cuddle party. Uh, no. Uh, hardcore drugs is actually closer to it. This was the handiwork of a mud dauber wasp, uh, which uh, the, the Australian who found this pile of spiders actually did confirm because they saw this wasp uh, crawling out of the table leg, which is a weird place to put a wasp. Mm -hmm. But the Where do you keep your wasp? <laughs> I keep my wasps well organized in the wasp shelf. Oh, all right. <laughs> so mud daubers are very waspy wasps. I mean, they're definite wasp-shaped wasp. Uh, they are yellow and black usually. Sometimes they're more brown. Um, they're different species, many different species. Uh, and they generally have these very thin tube-like waists. Yeah, I got those Barbie proportions. <laughs> yeah. Real uh, banging silhouette, Instagram corset ready. Yeah, the it just in, an Instagram filter that makes you look like yeah. this wasp. I I think that this wasp has had some work done, no doubt. <laughs> that is definitely a thorax implant. Yeah, the mud dauber species are found all over the world, spreading torture and death throughout the lands. 
Uh, happy birthday, little child Max. Mud, mud daubers. It's his birthday now. I, I don't know if it's his birthday, but I feel like <laughs> this become, is my birthday It's become present. his birthday. Yeah. If you need a party blower, Max, tear off a spider leg and put it in your mouth. Uh, don't do that so your parents don't get mad at us. So mud, <laughs> mud daubers are named as such because they construct nests out of mud. Typically, these are like sort of tubes. Uh, some species have really elaborate nests that they kind of look like pipe organs. Sometimes they look more lumpy. But the general thing is that they construct a tube. And in each tube, they will lay an egg. But they want their egg to be well nourished. So to provide food for their babies, this is where the pile of paralyzed spiders comes in. Yeesh. See, I'd kill the wasp. No, no hesitation. Just flattened right there. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't hold. I don't like gently escort a wasp out of my house. That is, I mean, I'm so scared. Got no respect. Got yeah. no respect for a wasp. No, wasps scare me because they can sting you and it hurts. Mm -hmm. And also, they just they do a lot of messed up stuff. Yeah. They they're, they got some war crimes going on. Like they, you don't need to do this as a wasp. You could just kill them and then keep them around, but. The paralyzing them and then just leaving them there, that's a wasp move. Yeah. <laughs> There's technically a reason uh, for this serial killer-like move. Wasp apologist. <laughs> Look, I may oh. be just a city lawyer here, uh, but I say this wasp had good reason to paralyze its victims <laughs> and leave it as food for its young. Um, mm -hmm. I did it for my kids. Yeah, every <laughs> evil person says that. Wasp. <laughs> So the wasp herself cannot eat the spider. She actually just daintily sips the nectar of flowers, but she will paralyze these spiders and then take them to her nest. So she will deposit these dead spiders into one of her nest tubes, lay an egg on top of them, seal it up with another bit of mud, and just leave probably whistling to herself going off to sip some more nectar like she's a fairy princess but yeah she has a pile of bodies in a tube and they're still alive yes where do you keep your bodies <laughs> in a shelf labeled bodies next well, to the wasp you're so shelf. organized i am very organized i really marry Kondo, my whole death seller so both uh, answers are loose table leg for me <laughs> where I keep my wasps and all my bodies. So Just, it's such a good delivery system. Here's where the torture element comes into like it is actually very important for her to leave these spiders alive just immobilized <laughs> because if they're dead spiders, eh, they go bad and mm. they need to be fresh. So when the egg hatches and starts to mature over the winter, the larva can slowly eat the spiders while they are fresh and juicy and delicious. Dang, I'm still not on board. Just invent preservatives or something. Get, <laughs> get a, come invent up a small fridge. paralyzed spider? I think there's a frog that like is a fridge. Just like talk to that guy. <laughs> You're thinking of the wood frog, which uh, can be frozen and then come back to life. So there you go. He's half. He's halfway to a fridge. <laughs> Yeah, Instead of thousands of years of evolving into a monster. He does have antifreeze in his blood. Yeah, that guy's got it going on. Yeah. So 
Uh, even better, the mud dauber wasps like to kill specifically some of the cutest spiders, in my Aww. opinion. Like, see what I mean? This is messed up. You don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so they like to kill jumping spiders, which uh, they're my favorite spider. I love jumping spiders. Yeah, they're the they're, only cute spiders, really. They, mm-hmm. they have adorable little faces. They're like the puppies of the spider world, often really colorful and amazing. They also like to kill orb weavers. Who they're not, they don't have like the cute faces of jumping spiders, but they can be really pretty. They can come in beautiful colors, kind of almost look like sort of these like floral, I don't know. They just, they're like the fairies of the spider world. They're, they're, they're beautiful, but they kill those and they cram like a dozen of them into the nest tube. All these spiders are paralyzed, not dead. They lay their egg and then the egg will hatch into a larva that will just comfortably eat its way through these still alive spiders. Jeez. Eat it, wasp. You yeah. suck. Uh, and the thing is, mud daubers have not only killed spiders, but airplanes full of people. Oh, see? Uh, I told you that I know a monster <laughs> when I spot one. Yeah. Wait, what? How did they store They stored all the airplanes full of people in the little where, tubes. What was Samuel L. Jackson during all of this? Uh, he was way too focused on the snakes. Snakes yeah, are like that's what it is. Snakes, I think, are not. They're not as devious as wasps. I'm gonna get these mother father wasps off this Monday <laughs> to Friday plane. <laughs> so, uh, Max, you might not want to listen to this next bit. Um. Anyways, uh, in 1996, a 757 Virgin Air Flight 301 crashed into the Atlantic while flying from the Dominican Republic. Uh, Crash investigators pinned the blame on a black and yellow mud dauber who likely built a nest in one of the important external flight instruments, messing up the airspeed readings. I mean, apparently it was also like pilot error because the pilot really should have known better. Like plane crashes are so rare. Usually like a a bunch of things have to go wrong at the Mm. same time. It has to be like this weird coincidence of like the pilot's not doing a good job, but also there's some problem with the instruments or you have a freaking wasp build its nest inside one of the instruments and nobody notices it. Apparently the plane was also not stored properly. So it was a big problem. But yeah, the plane would not have crashed if it wasn't for this wasp. I it, it was good news to me that like they died in the crash and weren't like individually paralyzed by wasps and then had eggs hatch into their still living bodies. See, I'm just saying I wouldn't good say news, it's bad good news, news situation. they died in a crash. Hundred percent, but but I'm saying like what I was picturing as you started the story. Yeah. Uh, In 2015, there was a near crash and plane damage with no fatalities on a Gulfstream G5 because an outflow valve got blocked with mud dauber nest material. So they tried to do it again. God, these wasps! I'm going to become the Alex Jones of wasp hate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just you see, people, it's everywhere. You're not paying attention. The wasps are in the planes. I mean, this is I mainstream feel... media. You can look it up. The wasps are trying to kill us. <laughs> That's oh. a really good Alex Jones. Uh, <laughs> I can like I can hear the blood vessels breaking in your eyeballs, which is a good touch. <laughs> so I think that like the thing is, humanity. You know, we're all busy fighting each other when we should be busy fighting the wasps. Because Hell yeah! I'm on, I'm on board down. with that. 
Mm-hmm. Let's get them. Yeah. Like we can't. Everybody listening to this, go find a wasp's nest and uh, fight it. Right. Yes. Uh, but don't do, do that. Part. Otherwise, Max. Except Max. Parents, don't don't do that, Max. Max's parents are going to be furious with me after it's, this. It's episode. your birthday. You're exempted from the wasp wars. <laughs> Think of the lives you would save, Max. <laughs> are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness. Kick back and spread some positivity into the world. From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages, and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs, and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. So, fellers, I have a photo for you. It's a picture of something lying in someone's blue-gloved hand. Can you describe yeah. it to me? Oof. Uh, it is sort of a Lovecraft's fly fishing hook. Hmm. I 100% agree to that. Yeah, I like that. It's it like, is. it kind of... Looks like a piece of weird kelp, right? It's got sort of a kelpy, uh-huh. kelpy look, and it's got. It looks like another of God's mistakes. Let's just say yeah, that. Yeah, I don't trust my holes around this thing. This thing seems like something that does stuff to holes. Yeah. yeah, that is actually your intuition about protecting your holes is very, very on point here. Um, okay. <laughs> so what we are looking at is. God, it really okay. So, hmm, where do I start? Do I start with the weird broccoli looking stuff or the bulb? Broccoli, weird broccoli. So, Maybe the proby tendril. Yeah. Okay. So there's imagine a bulb, and it kind of looks like a kelp bulb, but then there's like a stem that comes off of it, and off of that stem is like a hammerhead. Um. Now let's yeah. go back to the bulb. On the other end of the bulb, it looks like a bunch of broccoli or c- weird cauliflower growing off of it. And it's, this is all sort of a brownish, greenish color, kind of like kelp. Uh, and then underneath the broccoli stuff is a tail that's just like a tube. This looks like a ship broccoli would fly in Destiny 2. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a Destiny drip slam. Max, I love that one. Yeah, yeah. Accessible. Yeah. Accessible. That's why you bring us on, is this accessible <laughs> universal humor based on my aesthetic choices <laughs> in Destiny 2. So big ups to marine biologist Dr. Jimmy Burnout on Twitter, who provided a stunning picture of this thing. There is surprisingly scant info on this. Like, there are some papers on it, but as far as I can tell, there's not, like, a lot of popular info about it. There's not like a ton of sort of uh, easily readable information on it. 
Um, well, yeah, you don't get into biology to study this. <laughs> yeah, it's not a it's not a real popular mishmash of biological atrocities. Uh, people just, you know, it's not really a trendsetter. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is a copepod. So this is the giant copepod, Cifreon levigatum. That doesn't Le- sound like I le- said it right, le- but levigatum. Spherion levigatum. I burrow into your colon. <laughs> it's a copepod. It's found in the South Atlantic Ocean. Uh, the giant copepod is actually a crustacean, which is weird. Uh, and that it's, is weird. It's related to other copepods. So copepods, there's a big group of stuff of these little crustaceans called copepods. And copepods tend to be very small. Often they're like, they can be like planktonically small. Uh, but the giant copepod is an exception. It fits comfortably in the palm of your hand or uncomfortably embedded inside of you. Mm. If you're a fish. Knew that was coming. <laughs> This, you can just spot a whole dweller mile away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about the cusk eel. You guys want to talk about the cusk eel? Cusk eel? Cusk eel. <laughs> I'm in. So uh, the cusk eel is a family of eel-like bony fish. They uh, There are various species of cusk eel. Uh, one is called the King clip. Uh, I think there's like a pink cusk eel. Um, you know, they're <laughs> it's a fish. Uh, the f- and they are unfortunate enough to be the targets of the giant copepod who likes to burrow themselves into the cusk eel's chin. Oof. Yeah. It's, into their chin. I wasn't expecting that. The devil's goatee. <laughs> the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little broccoli soul patch. Everybody's yeah. making fun of you. Like I, I didn't choose it. Yeah. Which part? Which part no. dangles out of the eel? The... It's the broccoli part. The hammerhead okay. part is embedded inside of the cusk eel. Okay. Yeah. So they bury that hammerhead portion of their body, uh, like under the cusk eel's mouth, into the flesh, and they have a tiny mouth. On that hammerhead portion, and then suck the juices out oh of the fish. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought they were going to take like little tiny bites of everything it eats, like no. just taking a fry fish. off of their plate every time. Yeah, that w- <laughs> <laughs> I'll take one of those. <laughs> just imagining this thing like flopping around, like trying to get the fry into some ketchup, um, and being like, "You gonna? I may eat be, all that. I may be a shame in the eyes of the creator, but." I do like ketchup on my fries. So- Don't say that. You're my best friend, Copapod. <laughs> You'll never kill me. I'd like a, just give me the large fry because my soul patch, I know my soul patch is going to have a few. <laughs> it says it's not. No, it sucks juices out of the fish as far as I can tell. Honest, I mean, look, if you are a giant Copapod expert out there and I got something wrong, please let me know. I want to talk to you because... I have been able to find very little information about this thing. I would very much not like to talk to a giant copepod expert. You made <laughs> yeah. a lot of bad choices. 
Giant copepod expert. I'm going to end up Spend- on someone else's body shelf. <laughs> yeah, you're something that something's going to burrow into you. They'll yeah. have something yeah. that will burrow into you. You're For not getting sure. out of that conversation without a second being. Yeah. I think yeah, I've probably on probably on purpose, but he might just have a couple of them that he forgot in his pockets. Yeah. That are going to get left behind. I mean, I probably already got a few buddies living inside me. So, you know, more the yeah, merrier. We're all, we're all I mean, if you want to rock a soul ships, patch, sure. it's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, they, you know, basically attach themselves under the chin. And I bet you're wondering what that broccoli looking thing is. Oh, God. Soul is that patch. sex organs? It is. I have no idea. What it is. And apparently. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Apparently, no one else does either. So, oh, my God. Uh, soul patch. It's the beneficiary soul. It's like <laughs> every every one of these relationships is give take. There has to be a benefit. And it's the soul patch. Like you can't. If you're a fish, you cannot grow a soul patch short of this. So yeah. if you want one and you really do want one, it, there's a price. Yeah. There you go. It's a mutually beneficial symbiosis. I think is what you call that in the midnight zone. I guess. I mean, you would call it that. I guess if <clears throat> soul patches were something that the Cuskiel wanted. I'm Kevin Smith. You like my soul patch? <laughs> Doesn't like you. Welcome to the midnight zone. <laughs> what if everyone's soul patches had a soul? Wow. Uh, oh, that might be more than okay. You that's definitely for. one. <laughs> That's episode seven. We're going out on that. <laughs> so, the- so now I do want to talk to the giant copepot experts. You guys couldn't figure out the broccoli? I mean, maybe someone <laughs> has. On. I could, like, it could it's be It's got my- four chunks on it. You can't figure out 25% <laughs> of the chunks? It could be something that someone's figured out, but I couldn't find. So if you know what the copepot broccoli is all about, let me know. I would guess. Is that what you searched for? Copepod <laughs> Cop- broccoli? What is po- copepod broccoli? <laughs> um, I would guess it's something to do with, uh, gosh, probably gas exchange or aeration of some kind. Just because I'm thinking it's a weird surface area stuff. Like this like branching yeah. weirdness of the surface area makes me think something to do with aeration or buoyancy. gas exchange. Yeah, this is probably how it goes up and down maybe. Yeah, maybe. That's not a joke maybe, answer. That could be. Maybe how it's like has helps with its respiration or helps aerate its eggs. I don't know. Mm. Maybe it's broccoli. (laughs) It's just he's also the person's also (laughs) holding broccoli. Oh, get in there! That was for my lunch. (laughs) It could just be a real a real sloppy eater, like as a species. Yeah. I would love that. I would love that. The person who preserved the specimen dropped a piece of broccoli from their stir fry into the jar. And it's like, whoop, well, I'm not. No one will ever know. Yeah. Yeah. I am the only one who took this course. And now they just, they're stuck in a lie because the thing is so rare that they're just like, yeah, yeah, no, that's part of it. That's part of the creature. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. What does it do? We don't, science, science doesn't know. Well, you found one without broccoli? That's a totally new kind of cup of pot. I wonder if anyone's ever tasted it. Without question, the freak who majored in copa pod <laughs> eats these things. Yeah. That's what biologists used to do. They used to taste the animals they would study. Like Darwin definitely ate a turtle. 
from the Galapagos, more a tortoise, sorry. Probably he oh, ate an sure. iguana or two, too, you know? They ain't got him. Every I mean, single kind of finch. <laughs> All those barnacles he was obsessed with. The oh, that guy start, ate barnacles. The finches start evolving beaks to peck at Darwin because it's like, oh, and this <laughs> is anti-Darwin a, measures. This is a very interesting form of evolution. Anti-Darwin beaks because I keep eating these birds. <laughs> the whole island just evolves to in an eternal war with Darwin. <laughs> it's the anti-Darwin island. That's a plague. Can we pitch this show instead of that one we were talking about earlier? Uh, I feel like it's a good spinoff. Benson and Jerry go to Galapagos together and fight Charles Darwin. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith. Welcome to anti-Darwin Island. <laughs> it's like, oh, God, I don't know. I'm not even going to bring up that show that's island-based because Max might be listening, but it's bad. There's like a... Talking about manner? Yeah. Really? <laughs> First guess. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. It's bad. There's so many island shows. It's so, it's so bad. I'm going to bleep it out because I don't... I know Max has like unrestricted access to the internet and I don't want yeah. him finding it. And, and, spend, yeah. and chooses to spend that time immersed in horrors <laughs> and still, right. yes, still there's something. Too that. horrible. Much too horrible. Um, well... So we did it. Uh, we I feel like these animals could definitely have an SCP entry. They are horrifying and they don't seem real. They kind of seem made up, but that's just what the government wants you to think. So that, you know, when the war against humans from the wasps comes, they can step in and be the heroes. That's my conspiracy theory. I would punch up the copepod entry a little bit if i was if i was doing scp editing i'd be like yeah there's something yeah it needs a creature redesign but i like the concept of digging into someone's head and forming a goatee like i feel like that's the start of something pretty I, evocative i think i would at least say the broccoli is poison yeah sure. yeah or our, our second organism living on it maybe right. Add like a like a another element of conflict yeah. I probably wouldn't just land on, oh. <laughs> what, what do you think it is? Might so be right. Much, so much of science is that, though. Just like, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. Well, before we go, I would like to play a little game with you guys. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> and it's, Let's do it. It's I not just, man. I refuse. I refuse, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> it is called the Mystery Animal Sound Game. Guess who's squawking? Every week I play a mystery animal sound, and you, the listener, and you, the guest, try to guess who's squawking. It could be any animal in the world. Anyone. This is the farty splorp of the giant copepod. Oh, how'd you guess? God damn it. Now I have to get a different one. Hang on. Okay. All right. All right. I got a, got, got one. Uh, so this was last week's mystery animal sound. This was the hint. It's not a cool, refreshing Italian treat, but a lip-smacking animal nonetheless. Let me share my... Not an Italian treat. But it is. Gelano? <laughs> you haven't even listened to the sound. How would you know? <laughs> <laughs> That is filthy. How dare you? <laughs> Here's another one. 
Well, whoever she is, her what... husband is doing something right. <laughs> oh, 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 me. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I feel like I shouldn't be listening to it. <laughs> well, congratulations to Auntie B, Joey P, and Ari L, who all guessed correctly that this is the gelata. Not gelato or gelat, no, but the gelata. What does that and, look and like? And what, what is that? What does it look like? What is a gelata? Is it is. It's a broccoli with a with a two. <laughs> a kelp a goat. It's a goat that likes to party. Almost. It's kind of like a baboon. Okay. Oh, okay. So it is a I've species of old world monkey that live in the Ethiopian highlands, and they look a lot like baboons, but they are just a close relative. Mm. Uh, they are very complex socially. They have like very like hierarchical societies, a lot of complex social interactions. And they can also smack and move their lips to manipulate sounds in a way that is extremely similar to human speech, more so than any other primate. Hmm. Congratulations, Gelatas. Yeah. They can make fun of us really effectively. <laughs> mm -hmm. This is what you sound like. I'm a human. <laughs> That's you. I've got marital problems because I'm a human. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my divorce. I don't even have flared up anal glands. No. Got us, monkey. Oh, you concept. got us so good. I have a concept of the future and it makes me sad. <sighs> oh, it's I, funny because it's true. <laughs> I'd like to ride my bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're constantly making fun of us. But yeah, it's, it's, it yeah. is uncanny when you hear them like that clip I just had you listen to. It sounds like a person just kind of going like, blah, 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 blah. yeah, <laughs> I, it's kind of offensive. It really got our numbers. It really hurt my feelings. <laughs> well, on to this week's mystery animal sound. The hint: Is there a frog in your mouth, or are you just happy to see me? Hang on, the sound hasn't played, so you can't you can't guess. Okay, it sounds I like a Miss Piggy joke. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess Miss Piggy. <laughs> oh man! Again, I'm really sorry to Max's parents. <laughs> it's like he's gonna know what a Muppet is. <laughs> he's eight. So. Oh, that's a spider party horn. <laughs> All the legs make different tones. That's fun. Like, like a harmonica. Yeah, it's neat. That's how a spider complains while it's being paralyzed by a <laughs> mud dauber. Any other guesses, you guys? Are you going to go with spider party horn? Malaysian mouth frog. Wow. Hmm. Close, but no. Did you get it? No. Close, but no. It's probably the same baboon from earlier, just like messing with us. <laughs> It's actually the sound of the broccoli. Being stepped on, of course, it's a giant <laughs> copepod broccoli being squashed by a clumsy copepod scientist. The actual answer that's not broccoli, or is it? I'll keep you in suspense. It'll be released next week with next creature feature. Wow, I can speak good human sentence. I'm not a gelata. Blah, 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 blah. Uh... <laughs> Thank you for having us, Katie. Yeah. I'm a human. Oh. Bro, look at me. 
I'm on a podcast. I'm converting. I'm Kevin Smith. Mama, I'm converting <laughs> sound <laughs> into data. Blah, blah, blah. Well, thank you guys for joining me today. Where can people find you? Rockwell, you do the plug. Uh, the you can best. find us at you can find us at one nine hundred hotdog dot com. We are the final home of text based comedy on the internet. Uh, that's right, we're still doing that, and I guess you can't stop us because everything in the world has tried. Uh, you can also find us on our own podcast, the Dog Zone Nine Thousand, Two G's, Two Z's, Three Zeros, and uh, it's the best title in the world, and we'll never take any feedback on it. Perfect plug. Nice. Uh, I think I know what would stop you. Some mud dauber wasps and a plane. Wow, that's so dark. <laughs> such, a, such a dark sign-off on Kevin Smith. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for listening. Again, I apologize to Max's parents. He did request this episode uh, and wrote it for me. So all the all the scary things in it were his fault. Blame him. And Throwing Max under the bus. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show uh, and you leave a rating and review, that's great. I print them all out. I turn it into a giant paper mache effigy of what I like to call a statue of the listener. And it's kind of human shaped. And, uh, you know, I keep it in my house. Normal stuff. And thank you to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, Exolumina. Creature Features, a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or hey, guess what? Wherever you listen to your favorite shows. See you next Wednesday. Happy birthday, Max. Spider party horn. I'm a human, Max. You do not need to fear me. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Do you have a digital mindset? Check out Season 3 of This is Digital. Season 3 of This is Digital goes behind the scenes to reveal how digital trends show up in everyday decisions and actions, including driving profitable growth in enterprise software and how the new sports fan experience can drive revenue. Featuring guests like Chris D'Agostino of Databricks and Scott Crable of Tama Bravo. Check out the latest and greatest on Season 3 of This is Digital and learn more at westmonroe.com. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.